Welcome in, everybody. Uh, we're back. Keith and Robert are here uh, with the Race to Kingdom Ministries.org. And we are going into part three of our multi part. We don't know where this ends yet, so we're not counting how many parts there are going to be. Uh, but our multi part series uh, on life and death. And we're going to dive into um, the, the broader subject is the Great Commission and the misunderstanding to the Great Commission in popular uh, or in a corporate church. Uh, so back with you again is uh, Keith. Say hi, Keith. Hey, guys. Good to talk with you. And uh, so we're we're. We're just not, we're not going to delay. Uh, we're just going to dive right into this. One thing we did want to say, um, we've got uh, some notes on this one. Uh, they'll be on our website. If you want to dig, go to the race to the minister, uh, race to the kingdom dot org. Uh, you'll be able to find some notes that Keith has got some pretty extensive notes. There's more notes than what we're going to cover. And we've, we've made a conscious decision to, uh, only give maybe one or two examples of, uh, some scripture. And uh, just because there's there's some rabbit holes in this thing that we could drive down and and spend lots and lots of time talking about. So we want to put out there the idea that if there's a rabbit hole that you guys sense that you want us to 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 dive down. Keith and I absolutely adore driving down rabbit holes, diving down rabbit holes. It's fun. And so we can either do that with you personally, if you want to send us an email and you want to just get into some more stuff. Certainly take a look at uh, the show notes. Um, and if you feel like there's something that, you know, more than you, if you have some friends and stuff, like, hey, we really want to hear something more about this. Just let us know. And Keith and I will do a, a specific episode just on whatever that uh, that subject happens to be. And we'll expand on that uh, significantly. So um, with that, we're going to minimize here so you don't look at us. We're going to bring up. This will be another Bible study style uh, episode where we're going to follow along with uh, uh, some points with both the concordance. And again, we use uh, the Bible. It's called BibleHub.com for looking up the, the terms and um, the Greek and Hebrew meanings and con contextual information. And then we spend some time here in on uh, Bible.com. Uh, just using that for our scriptural references in case you you want to know. So Keith, yeah. open us up on the Great Commission. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, talking about the race to the kingdom, we our last episode we did a fueling station on the difference between um, what we're racing for. Are we really racing for a experience of heaven and hell? Or are we really racing for the difference between life and death? And so we, we troubleshooted uh, John 3.16 and eternal life and how this is really referring to the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and being able to experience, you know, his presence there, having restoration of the dominion and rule that was promised in the garden and, you know, just having that experience in that time frame, in that age and in that dispensation. And so how many things are referring to that? Well, one of the, the, the next things on the road was a canteen about the Great Commission. Because in a nutshell, if you're like me and, and like Robert in any way, as we grew up going to popular church and there are a lot of different denominations and there are a lot of different ways of uh, communicating the scriptures. But we, we really believe that there's been one primary understanding that has gotten off just a little bit. As you twist it just a little, then, of course, the, the teachings kind of go with that and you end up a little confused. And so when you start to view scripture from the viewpoint of whether you're going to heaven or whether you're going to hell and your salvation is just dependent on those two places, 
then you're going to skew the word salvation in the scriptures tremendously. And one of the ways that we, um, that we grew up was being given an offer by your typical offer in church to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay. And now you're saved. Hey, you made the commitment. You came up to the altar. You made the, the, the choice to profess that Jesus was your savior. And now you have escaped an eternity in hell and you get to go to heaven. And there have been a lot of arguments about that from different angles in the church as to whether you could lose that salvation and be going to heaven and then all of a sudden be thrown in hell. And so we've been showing you that, you know what, the old evangelical commission was really, hey, you know what? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Look up and catch my eye, okay? And if you made that commitment, you can now write in your journal that you are saved and going to heaven, and, and you have started a whole new life right now, and you can rest assured that that'll never change. Yeah, you and belong so, to God now. He's your, you're his. He's yours. You're, yeah. You're, and here you go. Here's your get out of hell free card. Yeah. And so we keep referring to that because <laughs> the race to the kingdom is all about discipleship, which was the original offer and the great commission. That never mentioned heaven. It never mentioned hell. It isn't that something. Okay. Yeah, it's funny and when so, I, you know, when when I I made that, but they call it an altar call, right? When the when the pastor stands at the front of the church, it was it was Southern Baptist. So, you know, if you feel called, if you feel, if anybody feels called, I've been at Christian concerts; they do the same thing, right? There's people waiting to talk to you, and and you know, come come and be saved, right? It doesn't even have to be a revival tent. It's it happened every Sunday at at. Mr. Gandhi Baptist Church, where I went, where I was, where I got called to Christ, right? But what didn't happen after that, I went, I started going to Sunday school and they start kind of going into the Bible and stuff like that. But I mean, I learned more in one three hour session with you at a Bible study, you and I just sitting together, that I learned in two years of going to Bible study on Sundays. They didn't do anything to, 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 to grow my, knowledge grow my understanding grow my relationship with christ yeah. right yeah. And, yeah. and that's not what we're called for right that's 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 specifically what we're talking about here with the great commission right so i i think what we're saying is that they were called to check me off as a number right and then put me into the system where i would go to bible study for young adults or newly marrieds or whatever it was, right? Whatever the yep. category I fit into at that church. And then whoever the Bible teacher, you know, whoever the study teacher was in that day, you know, whatever the curriculum was, then that was just sort of, hey, read some passages and, and you know, it, it, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't stick because I walked out right. of it after a couple of years and didn't go back to it for 35. Unfortunately, you know, the call to be a disciple that uh, Jesus was uh, exemplifying was, you know, leave what you're doing and come follow me. And so you had an actual uh, relationship that he called you into where he spent time with you daily and he trained you to uh, through his teaching, but also you walked it out. You lived with him. You actually did these things. That idea of a disciple comes from the Hebrew understanding of a rabbi in his Talmudim, actually, where you truly give up your life in order to not just learn about something. You want to become something. 
and you want to become your rabbi. You want to become just like him. And it's almost like putting him on. Okay. And, and we're going to see that throughout the scriptures. Put on Christ. <laughs> Why? Because we were called to be a disciple and not just check off the box that we get to go to heaven, go to church once a week and kind of feel good that we're going to heaven. But he's actually told his disciples, you know, count the cost. Have you counted the cost of what it means to be my disciple? Because there's something I'm inviting you into that's much bigger. Um, and it's a kingdom that I'm inviting you into. Mm -hmm. And so the gospel of the kingdom then comes to life and you start to get it when you come to life in a kingdom message that's inviting you into a much larger story than just going to church and learning a few things. And, and that's where we think church has really missed it because it, it wasn't supposed to be a movie theater. It wasn't supposed to be show up, sit in these seats, you know, pay your ticket, you know, pass the bucket and pay your ticket mm -hmm. and then listen to a teaching and then get up and decide where you're going to go eat, you know, with your family. And, and so there, there was supposed to be interaction. There was supposed to be a living out with the rabbi and with the community that, you know, I know a lot of well-meaning churches, they're, they're trying to do that. But even the, the way that the, the assembly was supposed to work with the Holy Spirit manifesting the gifts of the Spirit in the community, that means that every single person who came into that community had a part to play. They had something to offer and not just be offered. And so they got, to, they got to see the Holy Spirit at work in their life. It became practical for them. They weren't just, you know, they weren't a dead sea. They weren't just receiving and letting the salt accumulate. They actually had an outlet because they were also giving. And they were being a teacher. They were being a rabbi to someone else. And so they were being Jesus's hands, feet, and mouth to other people. And they were able to share that within the community, even in all the assembly get-togethers. It wasn't just one person getting up there and telling you what to think. Mm -hmm. And then class dismissed. And so that's what we really want to um impress upon you is that you are a vital part of a community called to be disciples and called to help one another be disciples and this is the race to the kingdom understanding of what it means to have a kingdom assembly and we're probably going to do a podcast a little bit later too about 1 Corinthians 14, on really the true design of an assembly and how the elders were supposed to function and how the flock was supposed to be a part of it. And so that's, that's in the future. But right now, it's just simply, you know, we were called to a great commission of discipleship. And we were supposed to receive a kingdom teaching of how to be a disciple, how to live as a disciple, and how to receive the rewards of a disciple or the inheritance of a disciple. And that that was going to be a huge payoff if, if you continue to follow in the faith of a disciple. And, you know... Even when Jesus was alive and walking the earth, there were many disciples who left him. And, and he even turned to his 12 and he goes, are you going to leave me also? 
And they said, they said, where do we go? Yeah. (laughs) We've given up everything to be here with you. Where, where do we have left to go? (laughs) And that was the key. That was the key. They had given up. They, They had given up everything. And even when he died, they left and scattered a little bit, but then they came back. Right. And, that's well, what and, you know, the story of the, the two disciples on the road, right, that he came upon. They were talking and, you know, we're, they were just, they were depressed. We were following this man and we thought he was hit. And, and you know, and then Jesus comes upon, why are you guys so down? Well, we were following this guy and, and we thought he was hit, but they've, now they've killed him and our Lord is gone and yeah. we don't know what to do. And. Well, what if I'm standing right here, guys? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but I, but that whole that whole idea that they, they had given up everything and now they have to what they thought was real, what they believed was real, you know, they it turned out to be at least in their mind because you know back then it was hey the Messiah was supposed to come and and re- and relieve them of. They thought it was a military, you know, relief of oppression from yeah. their oppressors. In, the, in that case, it was the Greek, right? Uh, Rome. So they yeah, thought, it was, hey, free us from Rome. Christ yeah. came and turned out, Christ came and, ref- and, and freed them from oppression of the law instead, right? Uh, and, I, they, and I'll just say it this way. To tell you to tell you the truth, because we're going to get into another fueling station about the law, mm-hmm. okay, which is a very important one. And but I'll just I'll just say this: you know, the Roman oppression was very easy compared to satanic oppression, yeah. and that's what Jesus came to teach on. Right. He came to teach that. He came to deliver us from Satan and the kingdom of darkness that that dominates us in our flesh, mm-hmm. that we are a slave to our flesh. We're a slave to the kingdom of darkness and his ways. And I came to free you from that. So even if the Romans are physically oppressing you, you can still live free. Mm-hmm. And and don't worry, I will come back again and free you from that Roman oppression as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't, that, I didn't, there's a there's a rabbit hole that I find intriguing there, and I and I, I started us down it a little bit. Thanks for pulling us back out of it. Yeah. So back to the disciple thing. So what I one of the things I, I I do feel strongly about after as I've gone through this and, and you know the last three and a half years of my life of and and spent this time learning and stuff is that is that and and what's allowed me or or been given a reason for me to do this with you and one of the feel, reasons i feel comfortable as somebody who is really new what i feel like is really new to this journey um is 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 the is the revelation about is really this revelation of of being a disciple so you know one of the things I wasn't happy with a couple, you know, year not, you know, a couple of three years ago was the idea that, well, I accepted Christ and, you know, so I'm just in, that's all I got to do. And I don't have to do anything else. It seems too easy. And it's not like I wanted a whole bunch of work, right? It's not like I was going out looking for some, some big giant hole to dig or something like that. But, but it all, it really, I mean, anything worth doing, anything worth having, anything worth attaining is work, worth working for, right? Yeah. And the yeah. idea that, that Christ came and did all of that work for me never really made sense to me, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, if that was truly true and and that was all it was, then great. Why isn't everybody doing this, right? Right. Um, right. But yeah. that never fit. I, I, it never fit the – but I didn't know why. And so – I've I asked for additional, you know, um, what I want to say. I, I asked a year ago. I asked for more depth. I wanted to go deeper, and lo and behold, you show up. And Lord only knows how deep I've had to go since I met you. <laughs> um, 
but we're going deep together. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> you guys will find this out over the course of our podcast and stuff. You'll find out how, how deep and uncomfortable, uh, Keith has made me over the last year and continues to make me. Um, and, and I would like to say one thing, just, just again, to clarify about the works of Jesus on our behalf. So, so absolutely critical, absolutely crucial. We've covered that in our um, original episodes as well, talking about justification, talking about the need for redemption and atonement. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, we could not perform our works without having the work of Jesus Christ already achieved. Mm -hmm. And so we're building now. Greater works will you perform, is what he said, which doesn't mean the quality of work. It means the magnitude of work. And, and that is uh, an interesting Greek word as well. Um, but the, the point being is that Christ's work is the reason why he called us into good works that we are to perform. And we're talking about the cost that he's talking about. What is the cost of being my disciple in order to do the good works that I will evaluate at the end of your life? And, and what does that mean to the kingdom understanding? And we believe that the church doesn't have nearly a good enough understanding of what's at stake, what's at stake in the kingdom of God. And, and, and also not only what's at stake from a consequence of not racing, but also from what is at stake in losing out on what's available. You know, the, the absolute intrigue and the glory of what is being offered in the kingdom when Christ returns. And so we really believe that the warnings to the churches in all of the epistles and the book of John and Peter and James, all the warnings to the church have everything to do with missing out on the promises of the kingdom when Christ returns. And so that's why it's worth being a disciple and going through what you have to go through to truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to be persecuted for that and to go under the sufferings against the kingdom of darkness for that and to, you know, resist temptation and to keep, to keep helping one another take that road as a disciple. And so that's the great commission. And when we look at it in Matthew 28, 18, right there on our, on our screen, and, and we look at this commission, which was given in, in Matthew at the end when Jesus was about to ascend and he was reminding them of exactly what they were to do. And then it was also given in Mark. It was also given at the end of Luke. And it's also given in a personal commission at the end of John. And then that same commission carries out in the actions of the disciples as they become apostles in the book of Acts. And they make disciples. And then it's carried into the Apostle Paul's experience of the commission that he receives. And so that's what our goal is. Our goal is to show you that this was the call from the beginning to receive the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of what's available, and that it takes a disciple who doesn't give up and endures and perseveres to the end in order to receive that inherited reward and that privilege that was offered. 
And so this is why we're so motivated, right? To, to, to run this race with you and to help one another. Yeah. One of the things I found really interesting. So yep. the, the, um, the commission in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but especially the one of Matthew, really one of Matthew sums it all up, which is, you know, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always and to the end of the age. Right. That's super famous line and stuff. But and and we're, we're used to that. Right. And it, it it's essentially is the same uh, in Mark and very, very similar in in Luke. What you surprised me with here just a little bit ago as we as we were reviewing in preparation for this was was John's commission. And that oh, he was given yeah. a yeah. personal commission. I had no idea that that this um, had happened in I understood it in John. I know this phrase uh, because you and I have talked about it a few times. I didn't yeah. perceive it as a commission and I didn't perceive it as a as a as a personal commission. Talk to me about that a little bit. Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, no, uh, I will um, go into what Jesus did when he came to Simon Peter personally to restore him into the Great Commission. And um, I, I want to look at, can we look at Matthew yeah. 28 real quick one more time? Absolutely. Yep. And, and before I do that personal commission, I, I just want to create a new translation for John um I mean for um Matthew 28:18 and Jesus came and he said to them all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me okay therefore go and make discipline that's what disciple literally translates into discipline devoted followers of all nations which include the Gentiles, immersing them. That's what baptism means. Immersing them in the character of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that's what it means to in the name of, in the character of. And then how do we immerse them? By teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always, even to the consummation of the age, when all things come back together, is, is really the way that's written. So I will just tell you that the teaching of, of the kingdom, the teaching of how to please the Father through the teachings of Jesus about his kingdom and how to live in his kingdom as opposed to how to live the way that you've been taught to live, okay? In, in, you know, the kingdom of darkness, in the Pharisees' interpretation of how to please the Father. I'm going to change some of these things, and I'm going to show you, and I'm not only going to show you this teaching, but I'm going to give you the power now to live it and to live it out. But you have to participate by faith in this grace that you've been given. I've given you the divine favor and and you participate with the Holy Spirit to live out this teaching as a disciple. And so now we go to the end of John and we look at Jesus coming back to his disciple, Peter, on the shore because what happened? Peter gave up. He dropped out. He dropped out of being a disciple, and Jesus wants yeah, to. He went back to fishing, right? Yeah, he yeah. went back to doing his old trade. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like us, you know. Once we were saved and just told that it was about getting into heaven, we go back to our old lives. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
and and we just say thank you lord i'm i'm going back to now living you know the same life that i've always lived and uh and so this is peter he ends up denying jesus three times feels so bad about it that he goes back to fishing for fish instead of fulfilling his commission to feed and care for and tend the flock and the sheep to give them the teaching that they need to be disciples. And so he restores Peter with, do you love me, Peter? Okay. And, and let me tell you one canteen that Robert and I are going to do, which is absolutely crucial is to define love and to define it. We're going to use this passage because distinct words for love are used in the Greek in, in this passage that I truly believe we in the, as the church have a very limited understanding because in English, it just translates it as up. But in Greek, it uses two distinctly different types of love just in this passage alone that we need to know to understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And he's restoring Peter into that type of love. That's the type of love he's restoring Peter into, a disciple's love. And that, and that love, just to, to not drive down the rabbit hole, because we will do an episode on it, but that love essentially means, do you, do you favor or prefer me enough to give up your life for me? Oh, that's exactly what it means. Right. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah. So if I'm in front of John, will you give your life up for me rather than these? In this case, it was fishing, right? Of course. Yeah, rather, you know I love you enough to give you up for that, yeah. right? Well, then yep. feed my lambs, right? That's if I'm right. in John, the son of John, no, do you really prefer me over everything else, everything in your life? That's right. right? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then... It was really the yeah. third time that Peter starts to say, hey, you know, Jesus asked him a third time. And, and you know, of course, you know, and if I asked you a third time, the same question, you'd start to get kind of either bummed or because you don't, what do you mean? You don't believe me? I just said I did twice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But really? Do you, you know, do you love me yeah. uh, enough to do this? Yeah, and, and that's to complete the commission that you've been given. And that is, as a disciple, are you going to now go and make disciples like I've asked you to? Yeah. And, and, and that would be, a you know, kind of an apostle who is sent out. That's what an apostle means. It means to be sent out. And, and now I'm going to go and make disciples. And so, again... We want that understanding brought back into the kingdom viewpoint of really what it means to race to the kingdom, because that really is the commission. It's this is not some um, you know tent revival meeting where everybody uh, gets to come to the front and you know just in an emotional moment say yes, Lord, thank you. I I put my faith in you, and now I get to go to heaven. And then you leave the tent and they just check you off the list. We had, you know, um, a thousand people come to Christ today. It was a really okay. great night. Yeah. Great. And you know what it was, right? People came. Yeah. But it's, and, but it's not over. That's yeah. Good luck to you. Good luck right. to you. I'm moving my tent to the next, uh, to the next state or yeah, the next place I'm going. Right. And, and we just, you know, that was so popular back in our day yeah it, it really gave an expression i think to the churches where people started to sign up for membership yeah let's go to a church now i'm a believer let's go into the church and uh again the design of that church was really just based on you know what you're already going to heaven so let's just get together and enjoy you know getting together and uh, just listen to this great, entertaining teaching. 
and you know and and let's let's just help one another as much as we can you know park cars and and you know be a good person as much as you can but you know what we're we're, we're just here together uh once a week and so this isn't part of sort of what we've talked about but i'm curious as i've read as i sat here and read this while we were talking and 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 stuff verse 18 of, of this i'm i'm just curious about something you know, truly truly i say to you when you were young you used to dress yourself and walk whenever, wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it says here that, that, you know, he, this, he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And, and just with the eyes that I've developed, that doesn't, I mean, to me, what that says is, you know, when you were young, when you were, when you were, young in as a disciple when you were young as a as a believer because everything in this book is is as we talked about the last episode is written to the believer right so when you were a young believer you kind of you know you did things right but as an old believer as a wizened one you will stretch out your hands and another will tell you where to will dress you and, t- and carry you where you do not want to go that almost seems to me like that A ought to be a capital A, and it is God will take you where you're, where He wants you to go, which may or may not be where you want to go. Right? Is that yeah, is that a reasonable re- reading of that, or am I just totally off base? Yeah, I'll, I'll, that very very good and very accurate, and and to the concept, and and I'll just give you where I think this is where it really nails what is being said here because in light of what peter did um he needed something that he didn't he actually didn't have and that's what he told the disciples to wait for before Mm -hmm. they went out to make disciples right they needed for the whole they had to wait for the holy spirit so the Holy Spirit is what will dress Peter now. Mm-hmm. The, the Holy Spirit will take Peter where he doesn't want to go because he's going to be a martyr for Jesus Christ in his mission to make mm-hmm. disciples. And it's the same exact thing when Jesus came up out of the water with John the Baptist and the dove lit upon him and took him to another place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where did the Holy Spirit take Jesus after he was, before he started his ministry, before he started to teach and make disciples? Mm-hmm. What, what did the Holy Spirit do to Jesus? He took him into the desert, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Took him to a place he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. So, yeah, so again, why don't we want to go there? Because death to self is tough. And that's what he said in, in sanctification. It's really dying to self. Mm-hmm. So Paul keeps telling us, don't you remember you were baptized into Christ's death so that you might live now according to his resurrection? So again, this whole idea of putting on Christ, put off your old self. You've died to your old self in Christ. Put on Christ and now live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is the whole admonition to keep racing towards the salvation that is before us. And that's why we dissected salvation in its past tense, in its present tense, and in its future tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what a disciple is on the mission towards, becoming saved from the power of sin and becoming saved into a place where there is no presence of sin a glorified position, a glorified state in the kingdom of Christ and God.
And so we're going to be explaining um, all those dimensions as we unpack the race to the kingdom. So that's what we want you to understand, um, I think, most in this episode. And then, Robert, are we going to um, pick up a few more dimensions about this? Um, yeah, we've got, you know, maybe another five or six minutes I'd like to spend on this podcast on uh, on this episode or this part on yeah. the great commit on the on the discipleship and the great commission part. And then guys, what we're going to do is we're going to pause. And, and so we're not making these things too overwhelming. And and then we'll move into really the uh, the baptism aspect of this of the great of of discipleship. So, yeah. So if we've got if you've got a couple of more things here that uh, that we can do in five or eight minutes, um, let's have Adam. Yeah, so what do we what do we have in our in our list here on the screen? So the books, the Book of Acts, uh, and the proof of the Great Commission is was what we had up next. Um, yeah, Acts so, fourteen twenty one. Yeah, so so as far as going from Peter in the Gospels to then what the offer was in the Book of Acts. So, how were they fulfilling the great mission in the book of Acts? Mm -hmm. And then how was Paul commissioned as a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ as well? And so we have some scriptures here that help us to understand that. So let's just uh, read here um, what the apostle Paul received. We're just going to go to Acts 20, 24, right? Yeah. And I figure, you know, since we saw the personal commission of Peter, let's just look at the personal commission of Paul. Uh, he says, who love Paul? Who doesn't love Paul? Uh, as Peter would say, man, he's hard to understand, but you better understand him. Yeah. I love first Peter when he, go, when he talks about that. Yeah. Um, but he says here in Acts 20, 24 through 32, but I do not count my life of any value nor precious to myself. Sounds like a disciple already. Mm -hmm. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom. So what is he proclaiming? He's proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. So doesn't that sound a lot like the Great Commission? Go and teach all that I've commanded. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded. That's the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So now we have the power of the Holy Spirit is the one in the church making overseers. That means that they have been disciples who are now going to make disciples to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, uh-oh, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock and from among your own selves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away the devoted followers after them. Okay. And we know just as a note, we know what this is. See, because the grace, the gospel of grace that Paul is proclaiming is actually the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. And so when we get into the book of Romans, we already see what's been twisted because Paul's got to bring up to them, oh, so shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. See, so already there was a teaching that had surfaced, that had shown that grace had been twisted and that grace was, was being used to accommodate sin in the kingdom 
of God. Yeah, there's and a really so, big rabbit hole that it may be part of a future episode too. We we do, but guys, there's a really big rabbit hole on this one, right? That yeah. um, you know, the the stuff that Paul did uh, with his letters to the churches and and uh, the stuff that the 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 letters that were in Revelation. You know, there's a lot of warning. There's a lot of there's a lot of work that these men did to warn us away. Uh, of what could happen if we let it happen and you know we're being pulled away towards that right it's you know we live in a world that is dominated by and is is ruled by the evil one uh by the Satan, right and so yeah. you know the fierce wolves will come among you not sparing the flock you know and from even from your own men your own will arise men who get you know distorted by it. We've seen it happen with, you know, some of the, you know, you see it in the news with the mega church leaders who fall uh, all the way back to, yeah. you know, Jim and Tammy Faye was the first one I remember back in, you know, the eighties or nineties or, or whenever that was, but I'm sure it yeah. happened even before then. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and stuff. Fact, so, it, happened, it happened right after Paul left. Yeah. And that's, and that was what his promise was right here. That right. that yeah, it it'll happen among you, the the people that I'm talking to right now. Mm -hmm. So how quickly does it take something to get twisted or distorted when it comes to the things of God? Yeah. Well, it happens right away. <laughs> and so and so that becomes really, really important to understand what we're up against, but we do have um, a, uh, a verse 31, it says, therefore, be alert. See, therefore, because you're going to have this happen, be alert. Stay, stay, uh, you know, just like the admonition in Matthew 24, um, you know, be ready, be prepared, be alert, don't sleep. You know, all the the parables about the kingdom and, and being ready for Christ to return. Yeah. You know, it, it it really is an admonition for a disciple to not give up yeah. and to stay to stay locked into the correct doctrine that pleases God. We're actually gonna do a canteen on what it means to please God and, and yeah. how that's used over and over again in uh, in the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, and um, again, if there's some stuff that you thought we, you'd like us to get into more deeply, let us know and uh, we'll respond to you directly. Or if, uh, if you want to, you know, again, have us drive into a, a public rabbit hole uh, with it uh, as an episode where we would love to do it. We absolutely don't mind. And then, uh, and when we come back into part four, we're going to get into what is the deeper meaning of baptism as part of, you know, the Great Commission, the idea that, you know, we're supposed to baptize, you know, with water and, and that means something specific. It doesn't mean as much as probably you think it means uh, to be mm -hmm. baptized with water. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Guys, thanks a lot, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Uh, please uh, give us a good rating on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you found this uh, so that other people may find it as well. Those ratings used in their, in their um, are used in their, their, their sort mechanisms when things come up uh, to help other people find us. If you found this through being shared by email or something like that, please pass that email along. Uh, and, uh, and let's get this word out. You know, our mission truly is to bring about the end of the age, uh, by making as the entire world aware of the kingdom message of Christ. Um, yeah, it's going to be Amen. a great day when he comes back. And, uh, and we want that. Hey, to happen. Robert, yes. Robert, do you mind if I close us in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I don't uh, mind. <laughs> and and i do want to say to our audience that you know robert is a builder 
And go back to that last uh, uh, verse again, Robert. Robert is a, is a home builder. And um, when you see the last uh, verse that we didn't finish with on this, and it says, I command you to God, and I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. That's what it means to, to be a builder of a house. We were meant to be built up in our faith. We were meant to continue being a disciple and being built into the temple of God and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified, which is the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. being given to us. So, Father, we thank you for um, your words to us. We thank you that your word is truth that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We thank you for the call to be your disciple and to enter a race through the blood of Jesus Christ because of all the work that he has achieved for us in, in defeating the devil, in getting back the kingdom that Adam lost, and, and then giving us the power to be racers in him to receive all the inheritance that was lost by Adam in the garden. And this is an opportunity because we have been forgiven of our sin through your blood, Lord Jesus. And we have been justified before the Father. And now we get to go on to reconciliation and, and also have the ministry of reconciling reconciliation in reconciling others to become disciples so that they also may receive the inheritance. And we thank you for the grace that has been given to run this race. It is actually the word race is in the word grace. And we thank you for being that subtle uh, in our walk with you, knowing that it's those types of things that motivate us to continue. So just ask your blessing that this message would inspire others to continue to race well and want to be your disciple. And so it is by the power of your spirit and in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior and coming King Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. We'll see you on the next one. Done.